No, la douleur exquise. Are we doing that thing where it's recording already? Of course, always. Are you going to ask that again? <laughs> These are the moments where you Let hold my drink for me. Why am I holding your drink for you? Because I need to adjust. Yeah, this you do. Because so I need slightly. everyone to hear what Matthew needs needs to say. Alex's in a real cosmopolitan haze right now. It's Thank because he's ha- he's on his second drink, which never happens. Audience, prepare. Mm. You're in for a. Audience, prepare. Audiences, prepare. You're in for a scare. <laughs> Alex had a cocktail and a half, and he's ready to roll. I don't know what that started as or what it ended up as. But I liked it. Hi, guys. But I like shout, it. Shout out to... <laughs> Gene doesn't oh, like me. Gene doesn't care I exist. Gene does care. He does Gene care about you. It's okay. Daniel's... Oh, my God, Matthew. We didn't tell you. I'm, now I'm remembering that we forgot to tell you that um, when... Last night when we were watching Drag Race, like we finally got back together. It'd been Rupa like Drag I don't know Ma- a week or two since we'd watched any episodes with Daniel. Yes, season five. Yes. We sit down to watch it. Alec goes, "Oh my god!" Gene just tweeted us and said his tweet said something like, um, "Every day I wonder how far along Alec and Kat are into Drag Race season five and <gasps> and how, what they think of it." Oh, and we were like, like our fairy "Wow!" And so we started Ooh. tweeting him and saying like, "Oh my god, we're watching it right now!" So is that him? All right, I need Are a clean. I need a clean slate. slate. Yeah. Speaking clean of clean slate, in high oh, school, clean slate was slang for you shaved your crotch. Oh, that was a thing in high school. Yes, everyone called Already? it. Like, oh, did you know, so and so's clean slate. Are you guys clean slate? Like, yeah, let's clean slate. That's wow. in my high school. It was bald as bunnies. <laughs> Are you bald as a? You bunny? just made that up. <laughs> you okay. didn't pick that up. We call sex juicing. Like, did you guys juice? You guys juice it. Are you serious? It. Yeah. Speaking of fans, juice um, in the city. We got tweeted at, and I just thought this was adorable. There's this woman in St. John, Canada. Canada. Um, I love. Canada. She says her her Twitter handle. I don't know what her name is, other than I assume it's Angela, because her Twitter handle is at Angela to Angela at Angela to be pecked. <laughs> that must be a reference I don't get. Pecking but ball. she's her um her Twitter description says married esthetician, passionate about equality, um, comedy and podcast addict. And she tweeted at us. She's tweeted at us a couple times. She said. Another great episode. I mean, I'd always agree, but it's always fab. Hashtag keep it up. Hashtag podcast. And I tweeted her back and said, we love that you don't always agree. Feel free to email or tweet thoughts. 
And she said nothing too controversial other than me being a Stanford Blatch fan. Ducks for cover. Lol. <laughs> and I thought that was really cute. We just love... He- That's just all to say that we love hearing from our fans. Even if you're not, like, saying, Oh my god, we love you. Like, if you have things to say to us, say it to our face, okay? Bit. Bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe you're wondering. Maybell. What are you listening to? Oh. Yeah, I'll tell you what we're listening to. <laughs> what are you what are they listening to? Sassy Tonight, City. you're listening to Carry On, the Sex Carry in the on. City podcast. I'm Big Tool for You, also known as Alec Wells. And I'm Dick Dick, also known as Cat Knipe. And with us tonight is Rick. Rick nine. Nine plus? Rick nine plus. I forget. I just, You're being conservative. I know. Rick. I am. I used to see Rick, Rick eleven. 11. <laughs> I've seen it. You might Matthew's be Rick Scott eleven. Montgomery. It's our very, Matthew Scott Montgomery very special guest tonight. I'm just one Rick of the nine dearest people that I've ever known. Nine plus, whatever. Matthew, don't you feel like there's several people in your life that you're just meant to intersect with, and that you and I were like, just meant that he's to meant intersect. to juice with? <laughs> yeah. And my intersect school, sounds very dirty to me right now for some reason. Yeah, well, it did. It's meant to be you know i like the phrase when people say you sex is a verb like we were sexing and like mm-hmm. and sometimes in r&b songs they say like we, we yeah. sex sex and all night i want to challenge myself to start saying that more i don't i'm okay with saying sexing but we sexed sounds singularly <laughs> bad I, I like it though sex <laughs> are you sure she's not my child we well, sex anyway. sounds like a biological thing like you'd read in a biology book like the two caterpillars sexed one another and <laughs> when you just said people meant to intersect with you my brain was ready to hear intersex intersex yes yeah Can you, which is a whole do, new kind of sex here's and well when you say intersect it makes me think of a sex position that i don't know if i just made up but basically <laughs> where one man or woman lays just flat one. and then the the other person gets on top parallel and sticks it in parallel, so it's you mean like perpendicular? Perpendicular, sorry. Oh, perpendicular, perpendicular like like, so, a, like X marks the spot, like yeah. a windmill. Yeah, I think yeah. they that you didn't make that up. People yeah. have done that, guaranteed. So in we, high school, they called sex juicing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and you, it, Kat, it's you know, not some of the stuff, weird. and like blowjob was um, the, big the big present. Pre- the big present. A girl touching herself was putting presents under the tree. <laughs> And then jacking off or masturbating for a guy was giving herself a stocking stuffer, like stocks. Well, I, I guess you came up with this all around Christmas time. <laughs> I love the holidays. Yeah. yeah. We just got done watching season two, episode 12 of Sex and the City, an episode la, entitled... La exquisite. La, la douleur exquisite. La douleur exquisite. La, la, du- <laughs> la, la douleur exquisite. <laughs> you guys, do you I want? Do you, you guys? I'm so hungry. I want a <laughs> Big Mac, a <laughs> le French fry, a le de le la le 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 filet de fish. Uh, this is not. Listen, <laughs> this is not a joke. What? I took two years of French in high school. <laughs> I don't know how to say hello. I don't really? know what the yes, word you do. in French for Alex. hello bonjour. is. Bonjour. Oh, bonjour. Bonjour. Sure. Yeah, when you say it back Ça to va. me. But you know, I bet I had, you Angela, being from Canada, knows a lot of French. I bet she does. She knows plenty of French. My high school what? French teacher, her name was Madame Monjimbo. 
She was from Africa. Ooh. I feel like I remember she wore Africa. And me and Adam, Adam would sit in the back in the Madame class Medjibo. and we would watch the clock waiting for class to end. And when it got to five mm, minutes Kate, before class Kate ended, Tom's we would LTL. go, Time to go, Madame Manjimbo. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> did. That sounded like Italian. Oh, <laughs> and thus begins episode 20, what? Nine plus. Three? <laughs> 29 plus. You guys, I on. ordered the iPhone 6 Plus mm-hmm. last night, also yeah. today. 6 at Plus for you? Yeah. Another beer for you? Okay, mm-hmm. so this is episode 12 of season two. Mm-hmm. Directed we, by uh, Allison Anders, who also recently directed an episode of Orange is the New Black. Oh, cool. Um, it was written by. Michael Patricka King. Ah, ouais. Oh, Jada. and Ollie Levy, Jada. whoever that is. Um, <laughs> um, but, Levy, but that person I shouldn't say that because oh, I like love this episode Eve. so much. It aired August 22nd, 1999. <laughs> I'm ready to enter the new Malin. I know, I'm ready to intersex with it. <laughs> oh, we're going to get there. We're going to intersex. Mm, um, so we, this episode starts with um, the ladies and Stanford attending the opening of a S, new club. S, S, and M M M M. Is that a song? Yeah. Oh, okay. S and M by Rihanna. Oh, I don't care for Rihanna. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know that. Catherine. I've told you before. You just blocked it out. I did block, and it I don't out. broadcast I it because I know that it would it upset you. But I just don't care. It does nothing. Her music does wow. nothing. Wow. Hashtag for me. really don't care. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Oh 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 oh. Well, you know that song. That's I do know that good. song. Points for that. I love okay. Demi. I like yeah. how Rihanna's music goes. It doesn't all go like that. <laughs> what is this? 2011. <laughs> um, all right. Let's oh, get back I'm, to I'm six. sorry. Speaking of I Rihanna, six, 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 I don't. Six, six. I don't know if you know this, Matthew, but there was an interview with Stephen King from a few years ago, and he had to name his top eight desert island songs, and one of them was Rihanna. Ponder replay. (laughs) I am not making this up. What's your next record? The next record is Rihanna and Ponder replay. And this is very different from the other tracks. Well, for me, disco never died, and I I was never one of the. I always liked punk, but I never put on a a, my punk jacket that said uh, "disco sucks" or "burn your disco records." I like this because it's it's got a great beat, and you can dance to it. What's wrong with that? Oh, Stephen King. Anyway, um, so the girls are all going to the opening of La Douleur Exquise, a.k.a. The Exquisite Pain, which is a new gimmicky restaurant opening that Samantha's PR firm is working. So everyone's going to we the opening of this place. Didn't get much Samantha at all in this episode. We really didn't. No, no, Samantha, Samantha was a ghost. Yeah, um, so the, this is an S&M-themed bar restaurant. Ooh. So everyone's wearing next to nothing. And what they are wearing is leather, and they're, they're carrying whips and... They've got. They got to dress with that kink. Got to dress kinky. And Charlotte kinks her hair. Um, Crimpy. And this is to set the tone for the episode and kind of the theme for the episode, which is exquisite pain, bondage, S and M, sadism, masochism, fetishes. um, You know, pleasure and pain. Um, Pleasure, pain. One, okay, so one thing I wanted to mention. Okay, Alec has become a Cenobite. Alec is, <laughs> Alec is amused by Hellraiser and is often references the pleasure-pain dimensions. We'll tear your soul apart. The horror genre does like to explore the idea of pleasure and pain, and pain 
taking you to a level of pleasure when when, when this episode opened I couldn't help but think of martyrs you couldn't help but wonder I couldn't help but wonder martyrs. I wonder what if made Catherine you think of martyrs? martyrs no I wasn't thinking of martyrs you're the one who brought because up martyrs because it's pain to reach a new level of understanding uh-huh they're not is that what they're trying to do? oh okay they're kind of doing Carrie does that in this episode yeah Martyrs is a 2008 French horror film. Oh, speaking of French, en français, a martyrs. If you're if you're not a horror movie fan, I recommend you forget I ever said the word martyrs because you would hate this movie. If you are, you should so see it. the women are all sitting at the table looking fabulous, I'm, drinking some do, random pink water drink. Yeah, yes, Carrie's talking, well, Carrie's talking about, her in the voiceover, about, like, gimmicky restaurants in New York. Um, have we, are there gimmicky things here in L.A.? Like, I know of bars, like, like, Davy Wayne's right now, that's like a 70s house party theme. Are there any, like, extreme Sex and the City, like, crazy theme bars you guys can think of in, in L.A.? Maybe not, not necessarily themes, but, like, yeah, themes. Mm. Themes. Besides Davy Wayne, there there's this restaurant in North Carolina that I I'm not a fan of, and I think it's kind of s- silly. Um, I don't know if this is a thing. What's called cowfish, mm. and it's like sushi, but it's like sushi made with beef. Oh sure, I I hold on, you guys. I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> what I, are you talking? Actually, like shaped actually, like it, you eat it with chopsticks. I actually think stuff? I'm done. I actually think that's all I'm gonna say about it. I'll, I'm so horrified. I'll yeah. take that and I'll say we all know Myrtle Beach. Dick's Last Resort. Dick's Last Resort. I don't know what that is. What's Dick's Last Resort? They make you wear a paper penis hat and everybody oh, write, like, they but write the horrible really things. But the waiters are rude to you. Like, the, that's the whole... Yeah, they, rather throw, die they throw, like, a pile of forks on the table and they're like, good luck. And I'd then they write die. horrible things on your hat, like, <laughs> you know, I smell I like that. jizz and, like, awful things. And you have yeah. to wear them the whole night. And people yeah. get a real kick out of it. And they treat you like shit. It, and that's the point of the restaurant. Wow. Samantha says at the dinner table, and I'm really curious to know what you guys are going to say about this. Samantha says we all have a fetish. Ooh. And my Ooh. question to you two is, well, spill the tea. Hashtag spill the tea. What's the tea? You tell me what's the tea. What's the tea? You tell me what's the tea. Mm. Uh, uh, be careful what you wish for. All not be careful. <laughs> well, I'll just say that after our last episode where we said, haha, send us your sexual secret pics, we got an email. We of got dicks. an email. We won't say who. who... I sent you one too. Did you have you checked your email? <laughs> not not recently, you got, but I'm excited. You got mail. <gasps> oh, my God. Spit take. Yeah, anyway. You got mail. Um, uh, so. I don't believe that everyone has a fetish. Okay. I do believe lots of people have fetishes. But when I think of fetish, I think of something a little like more extreme than, ooh, I like to be tied up. Like when I think about um when I think about I just read Gerald's Game, so by Stephen King, which makes me laugh really hard at something like um uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which I haven't read, admittedly. But what I've read about it, I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be edgy? Yeah. I don't know, Matthew, you've read it, 50, right? I think Fifty Shades of Grey is a total blast. I think I think it's a, I think it's a lot of fun. It's um, kind of like the juicy juice of... Um, I don't know. It's funny that I'm you sure said edgy, is. though, because I know a fetish is edging. <laughs> Uh-huh. Do you guys know that? I think edging? Alec just wanted to talk about edging. Please, No, no, please. I just, honestly. Matthew, do you know what edging is? Of course I do. Mm. What do you think about edging, Catherine? I think it's really sexy. 
I will say that, and I want to take this conversation, and anything that I would be able to share, I don't think we could say on the podcast. We can say anything on the podcast. I I can't. Or you wouldn't want it mm -mm. said. Okay, fair enough. Um, You can say it, and then I'll just bleep it. Ooh, nope. Um, Yep. there's a guy I found out recently, and I don't think he'll be listening to this, so I think this is fine. I think okay. we can leave this on here. But I found this out a couple weeks ago, and there's this guy that I know that has a thing for, um, like, s- tigers. Okay. And he, like, is sexually attracted to tigers or people in tiger costumes or stuffed tigers. Mm-hmm. And he has this, like, oh. oh, maybe he will listen to God, this. God, he would love the Mojo Mask app. Where it turns he your would. Yeah, he would, and it's this really sweet guy. I oh, listen, I, we can be totally positive about this. I'm, I'm I down. I with don't it. know him very Good well, but but how it was how it was shared with me it was like, you know, he likes tigers in bed, right? And I'm like, ah. what? And you're like, is goes, that a metaphor? And, and they're goes, like, go no. look at his Instagram, and on his Instagram is pictures of him with this porcelain tiger um, bust, like statue thing that he carries with him everywhere. Pictures of him wearing tiger ears, or like pictures of tigers. Listen, get your life. If that's what he loves, I'm glad he (laughs) knows it and is living his life. Yeah, Yeah. his fetish is tigers. That's great. Yeah. When I think of like, because for me, I don't, there's really nothing I've ever fantasized about, even in an abstract way that I would consider a fetish. Um, But I, I am, I am the, but I'm pretty, uh, you know me, I'm so open-minded Spit and very, Say I guess it. what I'm getting at is, I think, like, I try to be really sex positive, but when I hear about, like, baby fetishes, like, where people dress oh. like babies, oh, come on, you listen to Savage Love, you I know. Do. I don't know anything about this shit, oh, I don't want to know. This is people, well, you're going to hear it, these are people who, like, want to be treated like babies, they wear and so they wear diapers and shit their pants, and they have their fetish oh, of having sick. somebody change their diaper and treat them like a baby and feed them, that is a sexual turn-on for them. And I don't want to fetish shame yeah. and kink shame because I want to be sex positive. And, like, if these are people like Hashtag Samantha... kink shame. Like Samantha says uh, in the episode, she's like, these people pay their bills and they go to work and they're respectable people and they're just expressing their whatever. Yeah. And I, I agree with her. But I, I do wonder, Samantha Jones is, like, the most sex-forward person in, like, you know, the, the, in this show, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I have to wonder, like, what she would think about things like baby fetishes. Like, like... I mean, just... You know, like, the, she's like, oh, right. S&M. Like, like oh, spanking. But, like, what about episode... real fucking, like, choking and gagging and vomit fetishes? Like, that crazy Ooh. shit that goes on now? And... What would Samantha Jones say about that? Because I, I just wonder. Well, I think she'd probably say something along the lines of... When it comes to the baby stuff, the tiger stuff is great. <laughs> oh God! I was there's have they have we gotten the episode yet where we talk about like anal lingus or whatever? Not where yet. it's like no, and doesn't yeah. Like, well, and, we talked. To, and Samantha I'm just saying makes, the episode hasn't. The Samantha yet, makes yeah. that comment about you never do that to a man. She would yeah. never. Do oh that. right, right. I remember, I remember watching the episode thinking like, really, Samantha? I'm like, you're not going to do that. Isn't that wild mm-hmm. that she would say that? Yeah, That's I don't surprising. think it's that. Here's. Like, there's another fetish that I heard of on Savage Lovecast called Vor. Vor. V-O-R. Oh yeah. And it's I think the it's V-O-R-E. fetish of wanting to be swallowed whole. Like you want to be eaten by another person, but not like chewed on. 
just it's not swallowed. like a cannibal thing. What? It's like How does you that work? Swallow. And they get off on like photos and and, and animation of, of people getting like swallowed little people. Whole. Like that little, makes you feel very like a Jack and the Beanstalk sick. type. I don't like that. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's weird and interesting. It's everybody. Interesting. I'm trying not to kink has shame. A fetish. Well, fine, Alec. If you think everybody has a what's your fetish? My fetish all is tea, like okay. All my shade. fetish is like. A really clean apartment. Uh, I can, yeah. I can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah. It's true. He's got cleanliness boners. I feel like the most obvious one, and we'll talk about this, is like foot. shout out to clean. Sorry, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like foot fetish, and like guys right. love yeah. feet. I don't right. want to talk about that. There's this guy that I know, and I'm whatever. There's this guy that I know that um, he makes it a point to tell me how much he doesn't like feet, and has pointed that out a few times. But it's not to the point where it's so suspicious how much he doesn't like feet. I'm like, oh, you really like yeah. Because he's every time he said it, he's been like barefoot or something like that. Like, oh, I can't. He's like wiggling his toes and staring. Yeah, like waving my face. Like, I hate these stupid. Smell them? Aren't don't they smell gross? Maybe his fetish is people hating feet. Yes, that could be it. That could be it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So talking dirty him and be like, ooh, I hate those dirty, disgusting, little grubby old feet. <laughs> aren't you, you dirt, you're dirty, aren't Put you? Put a sock on you, dirty old But mitts. see, this is where I can under, I could understand intellectually that fetish because it, in some ways it's just, it's boiled down to like domination, submission, demeaning like someone Mm. for being dirty and like he wants to be demeaned I get that and that's why I think that like the baby stuff though I can't understand it and it physically repulses me I'm like I guess that's what it's what it comes down to yeah power most of the time anyway um can we talk about for a second? So Samantha says everybody has a fetish. Carrie's like, I gotta leave. I gotta go see. Carrie's like, I have stick straight Britney Spears hair, and I'm Gorgeous. showing off my my two inch waist. I was hoping we could talk about what she's wearing in that scene because you see all those abs. You oh, do. Scene. God. I mean, like I, we could, I could put my hands all the way around that. And waist. yet it's she so doesn't tiny. exercise. I mean, like, what's interesting to me? Maybe this isn't accurate, or. Or maybe it is, but there it, there seems like something about that period of the late 90s, early 2000s that the stars we were watching on TV and in the movies were all stick thin. I think about Sex and the City. I think about Friends at the time. I remember like on the news, everyone was like, Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston are so skinny. They're too skinny. Uh-huh. I don't remember that. Um, I do. It, it was like a really kind of, it was a thing, like at the end of the 90s, for whatever reason. I remember so... it when it was like 2005, 2006, when it was like Nicole Richie, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan. Like, Angelina Jolly. Angelina Jolly got a big 18. <laughs> L- Lizzie Lohan. <laughs> Ashley yeah. Simpson. Yeah, yeah Dasta Dasta Simpson. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> She gets some big ass titties, Holly Berry. She gets some big ass titties, Angelina Jolie. Gets some big ass titties, man. How can I forget Ashley Simpson? Need a chick lip sync on the dick like Ashley Simpson. And I ain't talking about Mars Simpson, or Mars Simpson. Yeah, that's the Simpsons. What about the Milton twins? They ain't got no titties. I do have much to say I, about the fashion this episode. I don't know well, if we launch into it. Right well, yet. I I do want to say one other thing about fetishes, and I wrote it down to Fetish not forget. Fashions. And this happened like three weeks ago. I went and had girl time with my girl Beth, who was listeners might remember her from a previous episode of Carry On. I think to she, Beth. shout oh, out to no, Beth. I think she came on. And, yeah. Say. Well, I know I've told you guys both this, but I wanted to say it on air just because I think it's worth 
mentioning um, because it pertains to this episode, which is Beth was telling me that she knows someone who, to make some extra money, you know this, Alec, right? I don't know where you're going. You don't. I know where this is going. To make some extra... Viewer beware, you're in for a scare. I'm sorry, Alec, you can't unhear this. To make some extra money, her, her, the, some, someone she knows was, was selling her used tampons to a gentleman. So she would mail them. Email. And he made tea out of them. Like so he would make some hot no. water and dip that used tampon and then drink the water. That is that's yeah. a Dracula joke, by the way. Oh. Uh-huh. So I went I went through all the twelve stages of grief when Kat told me that yeah. the first time. That so well it gets worse. Real. No. Which it does get worse. So Are you listening? So Jean? apparently Angela Jean's like, I'm already not going to vaginas. Angela. Yeah. So so her friend had to go out of town for a really unfortunate period of time. Period? Pun intended. Where she wasn't going to be in town <laughs> to give her tampons, put them in the mail and whatever. So she sure. asked a friend to fill in oh for her. God. So this friend filled in for her. Okay. And she got a letter from the guy or an email or whatever, text, saying, hey, this may sound like a weird, I'm sorry, but I just have to ask did you send me somebody else's tampons? Because this doesn't taste like you. Come on. Come on. I wish you could see Alex's face right now, you guys. Come on. That is an urban talking legend. About, talking about fetishes. I mean, this is a thing. Um, anyway, the lesson of the, the period tea, I think, is we can take this in a positive place, which is just to say that like, no matter how fucking weird your fetish is, you're probably going to be able to find somebody in 2014 who will fulfill it. That's when true. life gives you periods, make period tea. Oh, wow. Can we please talk about sex? <laughs> we can. So, so, Carrie... Splits from this fetish club. She takes a uh, a, a top hat. And why don't we talk about that, Matthew? Launch us into them fashions. Let's well, talk about the them main clothes. fashion I want to talk about was Miranda for this episode. It oh, was, great! It wasn't actually specifically. Okay. I, Let's just talk about fashion right now. It's interesting now. because you get it. You get really get that late nineties, early two thousands fashions where you mean her face shirt. Her her face shirt that Miranda has, and I'll I'll, I'll end with Miranda, but I'll start with. With um, with Charlotte, you get she's kind of the highlight thing in the front, and then crimped hair. She does have and some highlights. Literally the ugliest shoes I've ever seen in my yes. entire life. And I love '90s shoes, and I can't I can't even with the shoes that she's wearing. And then Carrie kind of goes into this. God, she has this like when her hair's. I asked Kat during the episode, I was like, "Is that all of her hair?" Because she has like that stick straight Britney Spears hair for yeah. a while, but then when it's all all crimped and curly it's kind of like Alanis ray of light Madonna hair mm-hmm. but what really gets me is Miranda in this episode because Miranda in this one scene I think right when she meets Will Arnett she has that that color red hair that God didn't create that's right mm-hmm. the color that like Claire all created or whatever <laughs> yes. like you always see it in a box but no human being was actually born with this color no. hair yes. but it was very popular and she's also wearing a burnt orange sweater with the red hair and then she has that that brownish red purple lip corpse mm-hmm. yeah like that she, and she has the eye makeup too yes. where it's like it was all these autumnal colors yeah. it's like different shades of orange that she's wearing on her face and I just really dig that I dig it too even though it's sienna. supposed to be what spring yeah. during all she of this stuff she looked very autumnal she did look autumnal and like all of it was Alex matchy, say it was autumnal autumnal she looked like the New Mexico state flag or something <laughs> yes she did get yeah. it 
Anyway, I just wanted to. Um, absolutely, but uh, so Carrie Carrie goes over to Big, and, and the outfit she's wearing is um is similar to the last episode we saw her in long skirt, short crop top, two piece, and yeah. this she repeats that kind of. Right. Um, Pat Field repeated that theme in this episode where she's got this long, like, like silvery gunmetal shimmery long big kind of poofy skirt, skirt yeah. big poofy skirt and then and kind of like um, a slinky halter, hanging slinky. off halter top absolutely yeah. and Samantha's given her a top hat and a little riding crop to Ooh. take over to Biggs and be all kinky and Biggs kind of into it and they make out I think that's and- so sexy I love the idea of and I'm not sure I've ever done it I probably have whatever where it's like the second you walk in the door you yeah. don't, don't even like really talk I mean they talk for they, they exchange yeah. some some sexy pun pleasantries for two seconds but they basically just go at they it they just the gotta yeah. have it I love that shit you know yeah, I, mean? I love great. just walking in the room and taking those clothes and off and it makes it I feel like the, it. I feel like the writers have talked about this being a thing with Carrie Big that they're very sexually charged because coloring this outside the also lines. coloring yeah. outside the lines because yeah. I was gonna say this happens in the first movie Oof. where yeah. she comes home and she's like John and she looks to find him and then she goes in the balcony and that song is playing kiss me yeah. and then he kisses her Hello. and then they, he's my boyfriend yeah but anyway um so she comes over and they ooh and then they wake up the and next then they morning ooh you. he's packing biggest packing for a brief trip to Paris yeah Carrie looks about four feet tall she does and she's standing on the bed and she's still barely taller than big yeah and what she might as well be Alec? jumping up on the bed like like seven monkeys on the bed and bumping their head no more or monkeys yeah. jumping on <laughs> yeah. the bed big and I stayed in bed all morning which gave us just enough time for coffee and some last minute details I'm gonna miss you. Well, in a week I'll be back and you can sit there and watch as I unpack. There. I helped. Hey. Oh, before I forget, Charlotte wants to do a share in the Hamptons, so are we thinking about doing something or should I go in on that? I don't think I can. Why? Not a big fan of the $40 crab salad? Actually, there's a possibility I'm not going to be here this summer. I may have to move to Paris for work, just for a while. For how long a while? I don't know. Seven months, maybe a year. Nothing's definite. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. How long have you known about this? It's been in the works for a while. I'll I'll know more details after this trip. Well, when did you... plan on telling me when i knew more nothing's definite i mean don't get carried away there's the car look i have to go i'm gonna miss the plane we'll figure this all out when i get back so big is like listen i got a girl listen for my linda listen I got to go to Paris for my ambiguous job that I have. (laughs) My ambiguous work. My money job. My work job with monies and bonds and stocks. And it's going to take me to Paris for some reason for up to. Seven months or maybe a year. A year. And Carrie's like, whoa, hold up, wait a minute, let me get up in it, yeah. let me ask What are you, you. talking about, Big? Yeah. And he's like, look, I'm there literally about to no. miss my flight. This is like a home alone type run, Rudolph, yeah. run yeah. situation. <laughs> I have to get on the plane I'm immediately. I'm going to let you finish, but. We can't <laughs> talk about this right now. I got to go. I got to go. And then 
Carrie has a Carrie five alarm has freak a conniption out. Conniption. Yeah. She does. She has a nuclear yeah. meltdown. She has a five head freak out. She does. <laughs> and but before we get to that, oh God, no, no, God, no! Don't tell me it's a Stanford story. Oh, I'm no. sorry, Angela. I'm Angela, so I'm sorry. sorry. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one because <laughs> I no, I'm gonna take Angela's side a little bit on this Stanford storyline. You know what, Angela's ashes to you. Oh come on! <laughs> I think that this. I said this out loud when we were watching the episode. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew's dying over Angela's ashes. It's like the dust. It's, it's amazing. It's a great joke. I, I, this is one of my favorite Stanford storylines, and that's saying a lot. Angela. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hope Angela. We're laughing with you. I hope you we don't. Are. Think we're we're like, not laughing at you at all. We're just using your name to make puns because we love you so much. Shout out to Angela. Angela so. So Stanford is on the chat uh, in a chat room called Sex Express as Rick Nine Plus, and uh, I I wrote down a couple of names of other people besides Big Tool for you. One of which, well, only two. One of which was literally Dick Dick, (laughs) and another one was another one was Cal Spear. House. I don't get, I don't get it. it. You can look at it, right? Well, a spear, like your penis. Okay, but what's the I guess. Cal spear? I don't know, California or Calvin? Cal I didn't fucking write it. I'll take Dick Dick. Dick Dick is the funniest thing I Dick can Dick's think of. Dick Dick's amazing. Well, that's funny that you wrote that down, because I decided to write down our names if we were to be in this chat. Oh, no. Really? So, Matthew, <laughs> what's mine? your name would be Big Math for you. <laughs> Alec Wells would be I Lick Wells. (laughs) And Cat Knipe, I ran out of steam, would be Pussy Knipe. Sorry. I'm kind of disappointed. I know, I'm sorry. Was it big math for you? Big math for you. Like yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess Long I division. Mm. Oh, <laughs> uh, big math for you. Oh, man. Oh, wait. Carry the um, Amazing, Alec. Okay. God bless you I for that. Wells. Um, oh, I like Wells. I like so, Wells. So Stanford's chatting with Rick, with, with Big Tool for you, and he's Rick 9+. Plus. And let, we just, just talk about the f- finishing. Sure. Fin- I, okay. Wine. Um, the end of his storyline, which is that he goes to a to a bar to meet up after some some coaching from an Carrie. underwear only bar. He goes to an underwear only bar to meet up with with Big Tool for You and after doesn't getting find Carrie's him. Permission. Yeah, doesn't find him really, but finds another cute guy. And uh, I guess his I don't know how his storyline ties into the theme, other than maybe it was kind of painful to show up and like put himself it, on the it's line. So but uncomfortable then it paid to off. watch when they get when they get to the underwear club because I don't think it's cute. I don't think it's charming because I that maybe this is me projecting or something like that. But I just feel like we're watching two straight actors do a, a bad impersonation of yeah. what they think gay I is. I usually like that. feel that way, but you know I, I mean? didn't feel that way. I kind in of this hesitate scene. to even bring bring that to light or just to say that at all but they the chemistry they have between the two of them is literally non-existent that's right it, there's no charm i it's, kind of think it's charming i don't but, I, d- I don't see it but usually i'm with you for some reason the storyline doesn't bother me and i think it's a sweet little scene where this guy like i don't know how much i believe it but i think it's cute that he's like where'd you get those underwear and he's like i got them in paris and the guy's like let's have a drink he's like i've never know. seen those before they're like white boxer I, that part that doesn't make any sense to me 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it just I makes me know. feel gross. And I mean, like, I, I think... <laughs> I think also, and this is a problem I often have, and Gene, please write us and tell us, like, what, because this is genuinely Gene, tell us often, what your name would be. <laughs> please. Um, this is often my problem with, with Stanford as a character, which is that they treat him as a gay caricature, and that that's my inherent problem, and I understand that it was the time period, but like Matthew said, fucking, um, this is a show. Show? What did I say? The fucking show. Oh, uh, My So-Called Life. Like the character on that show, Ricky. Ricky, Ricky yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't know what show you're he talking about. He was a yeah. real character. Yeah, yeah. And so, how could they not have made Stanford totally a real character? character yeah. And it feels to me like in the conversation between Stanford and Carrie, where he's asking for her advice, she's so giggly. Have. And I understand they're two squirrel friends and they're talking and they're giggly, but at that the same time, she's a total blast in that scene. No, she's, she's amazing. Kind of loose, like she, ne- she, she is. Isn't. And this is not a this scene's not a great example of what I'm talking about. But often it seems to me that. Um, the way Stanford as a character is treated is, oh, haha, ha, he's here for a comic relief and he's not a real person with real feelings. And it's almost like Willie Garson, whether it's the directing or his own choice, plays him that way. So he's not a person. Yeah, he's a comic relief and he's like, haha, my gay friend. I can't tell friend. if it's him or if it's the writing. And I'm, it's just, I have a pet peeve, like the older I get and the more that I know about the world I have a pet peeve of people being like going out with my gays like a girl being like I love my gay friends because they're just your friends yeah stop saying that's that another, watching that that's scene with Carrie like. and Stanford like drunkenly chatting I was like why are these two people friends because m- maybe this is just me but I feel like Stanford is so much older than mm-hmm. Carrie and the girls and so like why is this old man hanging out with yes. to me he seemed I've never seen him look younger than in the underwear bar scene I don't. I think he looked fresh faced and young. Maybe, but I. But I ordinarily I know what you mean because he's wearing like I just suits don't, I don't, and I, stuff. I'm for, I wish I did, but unfortunately, everything that Stanford does in the show, I don't buy it and don't believe it. Nearly anymore. everything he does, I don't buy it and I don't believe it. But so, I'm so sorry, Angela. I love you, Angela. You rock, girl. Like agree or disagree yeah. on this one? Yeah. Totally. So um, Gene disagrees with this too. He loves. I think he enjoys. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Gene, right, let, he'll us write know. Us. He'll yeah. let us know. Yeah. Um, so. Let's talk about uh, Charlotte for a second and her storyline. Yeah, so please, Charlotte, I Charlotte, love this. Kristen Davis, who I feel like may have had a cold during this episode. She definitely had a cold. Yeah. Did you hear Again, that? it's like she gets sick all the time. Sort poor thing. So um, Charlotte, she's she finds herself at a shoe store, and there's a gentleman there, the actor James Urbaniak. Um, Character's name is Buster. Whose name is Buster, Buster in the episode. He's so funny, I think. And he finds himself enamored with her, or more specifically, enamored with her feet. They have they kind of seem to bond over a mutual love of shoes, but then it ultimately... Charlotte yeah. realizes that it's really about the feet. And I started thinking about... So, just to explain for the audience and the listeners here... That what what ends up happening is is James Urbaniak Buster starts giving Charlotte shoes for free or in exchange for massaging her feet or touching her feet or yeah. just looking at her feet because Buster's got a foot fetish mm-hmm. and uh, Charlotte is uh, helping him get his rocks off as it were. Yeah. So my observation on this is is one of a more behind the scenes observation. Yeah. Which is. I actually do feel like, in some ways, a, a foot is a very intimate thing because okay. it is kind of a thing that is remains hidden for the most part, yeah. unless you're wearing like sandals or flip flops. And um, the idea of an actor like having to deal with another actor's foot is very interesting mm-hmm. to me. 
Um, Are you trying to tell me you have a foot fetish? I, yes. I will admit proudly. No. Um, I had to it, do that on st- I, on stage. I had to massage a dude's feet and he would massage mine. And oh. we, that was that, I don't think you guys came to this one. I did that sta- a sta- a staged reading and it was me and Matt Bomer. For oh, wow. And they recast him at the last minute. Um, so I, got, I, I had to do this performance this guy I didn't know very well and we barely rehearsed. And we're on. It was like a stage reading where we were off book and on stage doing the show, but it was just yeah. for one night. And so I, for a good five minutes in the show, it, and it, we talk about it a lot. I was playing this sixteen-year-old kid who was losing a virginity to this like guy in his thirties, who's a British actor. And I like gave him a foot massage, and he gave me one. And I'm supposed to be like having some orgasmic reaction to it, what? Because I've never like had my foot massaged or whatever. And there was this moment where we're on stage about to do it, realizing, oh, we're about, I'm about to touch your feet. Oh boy. Take your socks off on stage. And we were both like DTF and like game to do it. And it was fine or whatever. Cause I'm like la la when it comes to that feet specifically. But it's been like, what's his face I was talking about earlier who hates feet. Right. You you never know. Cause that could have been like, someone could get that script and be like, oh shit, I have to massage this dude's feet or whatever. But But like, kind of like you wrote in a script something that's kind of a sort of a trigger for me, for me to do. And you were like, Kat, are you going to be okay with this? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it this way. I guess all I mean to say is like, okay. The thing that you do when you meet another person is shake their hands. You look a person in their eye. You might touch them on the shoulder, give them a hug. But a foot is not a thing you really interact with yeah. on another human yeah. being. Yeah, and they're sensitive. Yeah, and so I was just thinking like, oh, James Urbaniak and Kristen Davis, like know it's a kind of a very intimate, intimate thing, yeah. like in a way. Well, look, just because I wouldn't get no man a foot massage, don't make it right for myself to throw Antoine off a building into a glass motherfucking house, fucking up the way the nigga talks. That shit ain't right. Motherfucker do that shit to me. He better paralyze my ass because I kill a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I ain't saying it's right. But you saying a foot massage don't mean nothing. I'm saying it does. And look, I've given a million ladies a million foot massages and they all meant something. We act like they don't, but they do. I mean, that's what's so fucking cool about them. There's a sensuous thing going on where, where, you know, you don't talk about it, but you know it, she knows it. Fucking Marcellus knew it. And Antoine should have fucking better known better. He didn't, although when they were filming, he didn't really touch her feet. feet. I yes, do you think it could have been a, he, a, he a body them. double? Oh, I guess maybe he did. Oh, for Kristen Davis's foot? Her feet, those possible. feet were pretty feet. If they're not hers, it whoever's they were, were. I will say this, and we laughed about it. I once hand doubled Chloe Sevigny, so it, that shit yeah, happens. That's, yeah. I'll say this, we, we all laughed about this, about how ill-fitting the shoes were. I know, she's were. like, oh, they're so perfect, and they're like, two sizes too big at least. Oh, disgust. You and would think, like, because they, we were specifically on the foot, yeah, they the yeah. shoe would And if you, guys, if you guys are on iPhones and you use emoji, you will notice that the, the emoji high heel, the pink shoe with just the strap over the top of the foot and nothing <laughs> around the back, that is the shoe, it's, except it's white in the episode. They it's were an emoji shoe. Shoes. They're no. disgusting. So and they Charlotte, only get worse. Charlotte, she she what happens is James Urbaniak, Buster, ends up the foot fetish guy, ends up starting to just give her shoes for the privilege of yeah. touching her feet and getting off on her feet. And, and her friends hold a mirror up to her, as friends often do. Yeah. And say, I don't think there's hmm. a thing wrong with it. I would Please. I, yeah, I'm fine Get with free it. Yeah, shit. Like, do I would it. do it. He's do happy it. with it. She's happy with it. I don't it. see what the problem is. Yeah. No, I think it's fine. Because she goes back and she, she like brings the shoes back and she's like, I can't wear these. And he was like, why not? She's like, you know why. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. Like, we know what's going on, but you don't have to give the shoes Does back. Does she feel like a prostitute, yeah. I guess? 
But it seems I think to that's me like he feels like it's an even barter. I guess he's using his employee discount or just maybe it's because he's either using a discount or paying for them outright because he gives her shoes for free. Yeah. And then for the, like, so basically he's paying is... her to get off and he does literally come on camera. We see him ejaculate. I guess yeah. that's Not, what was happening. I believe that's to what's me, happening. To me what it seemed he has to a me release. was because they let the camera go and see what he did and then he ended up kind of doing that and right. they kept it in because they thought it was funny or something. Yeah. That's funny. how it felt to me. Yeah. It what do you think, Alec? I think he's great. I think he's really funny. Who is he? I don't know this guy. He's, he's on everything. He's oh my like, god. He's like he one of those character actors who's in a bunch of stuff. Um, he works in just um, go look at his IMDb. I love his last name. Urbaniac? Yeah. yeah. I love that name. Yeah. It's pretty um, cute. So, all right. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Cynthia Nixon, because we love to talk about Cynthia Nixon. I didn't know she, she was into historical fabulous. biographies. I thought that was a joke at first. Because she's so into her tattletale in season six, and that's such a Yeah, but it's right. her... It's, she loves it. It's her thing. Let it go. That's what I'm saying. It's so completely different yeah. from... Yeah, yeah, and I think that's historical why... Historical biographies. I think that's where the... I think that's where the tattletale is more entertaining. I guess we I know talk, she's say so, what we're talking about. Well, yeah. It's like a guilty pleasure. Well, well, literally, the tattletale is... Or it, well, I guess in the episode, they say, like, Miranda's, Miranda's love for historical biographies, blah, 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 and it shows her out in front of, like, a used bookstore I guess or something looking yeah. for whatever and, and and later in season six when they when she moves to Brooklyn with Steve spoiler alert um, and she gets gets her trash mag okay magazine us weekly in the mail but it's called tattletale and it's that's such trash and I'm not saying that's trash I'm saying that's no, trash it's let's be some fun. trash but like you know that's like so different from like mm-hmm. I don't know I can't and even I guess name that's the joke of tattletale I guess that I think that's what makes tattletale more funny that she loves it yeah. is because it's not her. Yeah. Or it doesn't seem to be, but she needs that kind of dumb, like kind of how we Fluff. watch The Girls Next Door. Like it's that dumb release. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so she, she meets- ends up at the bookstore meeting a very handsome gentleman who we know today as Will Arnett. Mm-hmm. Alec who was lost just it. some New York no actor at the, the time. Yeah, yeah. While one woman was uptown eyeing her artful new sandal, another was downtown eyeing art of scandal. The Life and Times of Isabella Stewart Gardner. Miranda was obsessed with reading historical biographies. In fact, she spent all last weekend in bed with Philip of Spain. Morning. Oh, that's very good. Crazy Horse and Custer, The Parallel Lives of Two American Warriors. Stephen Ambrose, great writer. Yeah, I know. I, I just finished his um, Meriwether Lewis and Thomas Jefferson, Undaunted Courage. Yeah. Amazing. I'll pick that up right after I finish FDR, the New York years. Jack. Miranda. And right after Miranda picked up Elizabeth I by Jasper Riley, Jack picked up Miranda. Um, and I don't remember what his name was, but on the show, but um I don't either. His his fetish is that he likes to have sex in public. Yeah. So and more specifically places he can knows he could get caught. Mm, yes. Like Mark Twain's house, the back of this cab. Yes. So they started or Mark the Twain's of they some then moved to the cab. And then, you know, the real test that Charlotte gives Miranda is like, you gotta try having sex with him at his place, see what it's like in an actual bed, and then go from there. Maybe this is just kind of like an odd scenario yeah. that you'll find yourself in every once in a while. 
Wow. Now, I thought this was all super sexy and fun until the end. And I had you guys no should idea. have seen Matthew's face. <laughs> I had great. no idea what and was going And I knew what was coming because I've seen this episode a lot because I love it. And I lo- was looking at Matthew the whole time and oh, he was God. horrified. I've seen him watch ho- like disgusting slasher movies with <laughs> with less reaction. Well, you know, it's kind of the freak show thing where it's like, okay, what's Will Arnett going to do to fuck this thing up? What's his weird thing that's he's yeah. seemingly perfect, they're dating, they're having sex all the time, and it's great until he's going to mess it up. So I, I was anticipating something bad happening. And I would like to just rewarded. throw two, two Cynthia, Nick, uh, Cynthia Nixon Nichols into this conversation just for a second and say what a fantastic job she does in this episode. Cynthia Nixon, silver dollars. If you watch her in the cab scene where he's like, I want to give you head back here, and she's like, put the driver. And if you watch her face, it's the realest thing because it's this... She's clearly uncomfortable doing it, but she's like stepping out of her comfort zone and kind of getting turned on by it at the same time. And you see it all happen, mm-hmm. and it's just she's just so exciting to watch. And she, she, you know, she has a B story in this episode and doesn't doesn't do a whole lot, but everything she does is so perfect in this I episode. She's so fantastic. Agree. So, well, Catherine, please tell us how that this storyline wraps up. <laughs> you don't want to say it. Please go for it. Well. So Miranda's thrilled because he Harvey says you kind of just have to watch it. You he kinda seems just really it. turned on by her, and she's like, "Oh my god, he just wants to have sex with me, and Ooh. it just turns him on to do it in public." And so they're on his bed, and they're starting to fuck, and then you hear, ah, "What are you doing? Is everything okay in there?" And Miranda's like, to her surprise, Miranda had no trouble getting Jack to agree to make love in his bedroom that night. Suddenly, her fear of his fetish ended. Miranda realized that Jack's excitement wasn't about getting caught. It was about her. And she really began to let loose, something she'd been unable to do outside. Jack, is everything all right? Who is that? It's my mother. My parents are visiting. It felt like they're coming in here. Are they coming in here? What is that? And he goes, oh, it's my parents. They're visiting. And his bedroom door is wide open. Yeah. And she's like, are they, are they coming, coming in, in here? It, it sounds, sounds like, like they're, they're coming, coming in. in here. And she's saying out loud exactly what we'd all, we would all be thinking in that situation. Yes. And he keeps pounding away at her. Yeah, like And Jack his parents walk Jack in. Rabbit. And God, they don't leave either. They just Nobody walk in leaves. and stand there <laughs> staring. And, stare. and he's... Will Arnett, God bless God him. God bless it's him. So funny. Yeah. Wow, he because just really he's goes staring his the wide cow eyes, and he's keeping his eyes as <laughs> yeah. wide as possible. I so can't he can imagine see, filming that that day. What so he it can must have been stare like. at his parents with the widest eyes and mm-hmm. see everything and not miss a thing because it turns him on oh, that they God. walked in and are seeing him have sex. Oh. And Mar- and and Miranda's horrified. I, There's I, nothing I, she can do I, about I, it. I mean, I, you got. I can't imagine. I was speechless. I covered my mouth. You mortified me. Okay, okay, here we are. We're at this moment. Spill the tea alert. What's the tea? You tell me what's the tea. What's the tea? You tell me what's the tea. Uh Uh-oh. Matthew, Catherine, have you guys ever done public stuff? Um, oh. Really think it through I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please allow Oh, I don't want to say. Oh my god, you're killing me. Oh, I'm shock- oh shockingly bashful. Well, there was Give this- the public what they want. Oh, this is like the dirtiest thing I've ever done though. This is so dirty that oh, I'm spilling this. Oh, my god. Not really, but it's 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 on the dirtier side of things. There was this guy that I met who who 
Um, I don't know if I can tell this story. I don't know if I can say this. We I, start I the story. You don't have to start say the story and then stop it when it gets weird. No, it's 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 X-rated. I don't think I can say X-rated. It. Yeah, I don't want to say it actually. Oh my god! Sorry. Well, That's I'll say okay. this. I'll say this. I don't. I don't really necessarily have any public stories, um, but I have witnessed public stories. Oh um, my god! This, what do you mean? When I'm I was, gonna have nightmares. About when this. I was in school, I have had nightmares. I was in a band, and we went to the University of Virginia to play a gig oh. in the middle of the day at a frat house. At a frat? No, 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 no. At a sorority house. And um, Matthew's remember. I'm watching Matthew this remember story. this story. I've heard this story the before. things I saw, like you hear these stories of ancient Rome, like orgiatoriums, where people are just orgying, and you're like, "What the fuck? That's not real." <laughs> yeah. I saw it. I saw it at the University <laughs> of Virginia, it. January 2000. <laughs> I saw it. I fucking saw it. I saw. Fingers going in holes. I saw holes going in ears. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Hang on. Oh god. I saw some fucked up shit that Basically, day. Basically, you, you guys. saw public sexual yeah. acts. I, I have the specific image of, of something that you told me about that. Yes. Yeah. Like I didn't know penises could go certain places until that no. day. No, I didn't know that you could interact <laughs> with pieces of furniture in the way oh, that people did. Oh, you're being ridiculous. And I'm saying. Guy on girl, girl on girl, guy on guy. You did no, not see you guy did. on yeah. guy. I saw guys I don't on guys. believe no, no, because, no, because in frats, they don't think it's gay if there's like just a girl in the mix somewhere. You're even no, she's Alan, watching. Come on. I'm not. This has never been part of the story. I wish you could get in my head. Maybe this is what you wish it had been like. Oh, oh. I just Ooh, big Rick for I you. Just, yeah. <laughs> big big Rick for you. Yeah, that's when Freudian two guys slip. do it. Is that for shout out to Ricky? Oh, hey Ricky. Oh, I think hey, Alec Rick. was thinking about Ricky's tricky dicky. Ricky and mm. Dick Dick. Dicky Diddlesworth. Um, <laughs> all right. So, anywho, well, dick, dick that's very plus. interesting folks. So, Alec, earlier you mentioned that or Matthew mentioned that Carrie had a conniption fit yeah. after her initial discussion with Big about how he goes. Ooh, really he's he's like, that. I'm going to Paris for a week or whatever. By the way, I may need to stay for seven months. And she's like, wait, what? And then cut to brunch with the girls. Yeah. And Carrie is, I mean, she she's really, really worked up about this. I wanted to kill him. And he's standing there giving me the, what's the big problem eyes? You know, I don't understand you. Like, it's my problem. Okay, just calm down. There are ways to make this work. It's just seven months, and you can go visit him in Paris, and he can come back here. No, it's not about that. It's about the fact that I wasn't even a factor in his decision-making process. Totally. Men do this all the time. Women walk around thinking we, and their version of we is me and my dick. Totally. I mean, just tell me what's going on. Is that too much to ask? Um, Carrie, I'm thinking about going to France for the rest of my life. Am I right? Totally. You know, one minute he's all over me, and the next minute he's pushing me away, and I just, I just cannot believe this is happening again. Yes, all right, calm down. There'll be no breaking of things. Why do I keep doing this to myself? I must be a masochist or something. That's when I first realized it. I was in an S&M relationship with Mr. Big. And the point is not that he has to go to Paris, because she even admits, look, I know it's work and there's not much he can do about it. Okay, I'm willing to admit that. But the fact is, he's known about this 
for months. Yeah. He's known this was a possibility, and he ha- he never once mentioned it to me. And the and her point is, I'm not a factor in his decision making. Mm-hmm. So has she anyone gets... ever been in this position? Mm, yes. Um, no. Yes. Not not like somebody's going to travel, but I've definitely been in a relationship scenario where I felt like I wasn't a huge part of the person's life. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is uneven because I feel like you're my significant other yeah. and yeah. I don't feel significant to you. I, I really do believe that it comes down to what's right for both people. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's an objective way relationships are supposed to be. I think that's too reductive and it's not fair. But I do think that if one person, like Big says to Carrie, um, ultimately flash forwarding to when he gets back and we'll, we'll come back to what happens before that. But he says to her, I need to be in a relationship where if I need to go to Paris, I need to go to Paris. And that's where he is in his life right now yeah. is he needs the freedom to go do his job. And I, I don't want to just defend him because I think he also acts like an ass in this situation. He also knows he's doing it. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But, you know, he's he's if two people are not compatible at that moment in time. And I think that's what's going on with Carrie and Big. He just he just needs his independence more than he needs a relationship. Mm-hmm. And Carrie needs him to be what she needs him to be. And they just don't line up. And I don't think that means necessarily anyone's in the wrong. It just means they're not compatible right now. Well. Thoughts? Yes? Uh, no? Well, uh, I think it's to what I was saying to Matthew earlier, which is there are people who are meant to intersect in life and sometimes it's not exactly the right moment for yeah. that to happen yeah and you know big i mean if we're going to talk about big's character i guess what we're supposed to glean is that he is a guy who doesn't want to be tied down and carrie is trying to tie him down and it, I'm talking from Big's perspective. I'm not saying this objectively right. Yeah. I'm just yes. speaking from Big's point of view that he doesn't... Like, why does he need to be tied down? Why does she have to tie him down? Why can't it just be breezy? But that everybody doesn't feel that way. Some people feel like, we're in a relationship. Let's solidify Yeah, she doesn't want to tie him down, but that's how her behavior is coming off. Yeah. See, my life experience, or how I think of all of it, my whole thing was, I'm, I'm frustrated with Carrie because I, how I see it is, I'm like, oh, Big has a job. Stop making him feel bad about his job. This is what he has to do. He's, he had this job long before what's he knew he gonna, you. What's he going to do? Be like, oh, I'll quit my job so I don't have to move to Paris so I can stay with you? That doesn't make any sense. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, do you think Do you think he wants to go to Paris without her? No. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that's I do what's think going possi- on. Like, if, she's, if she really does feel what she says she's feeling, I think for her what it really comes down to is not the fact that he has to go to Paris for work because she can't argue with work. It's the fact that he didn't bring it up to her until way late in the game. Like, for her, it it would have been frustrating and, like, well, upsetting, but if he had, like, said to her earlier, and it would have been as simple as him coming to her three months ago when he knew, when he first knew it might, be a, might have been a possibility, and said, hey, I know, you know, I, there, this, there, I may need to go to Paris for, for some months. Like, I just want to let you know, like, it may or may not happen, but, like, well, maybe just to didn't... give her some emotional preparation. And, to his credit, and in his defense, like... He says to her when they're talking, I 
nothing's definite. I'll know more when I get back from this trip. And he didn't want to make it an issue until it really was, like, really an issue. Right. Until it was a reality. Yeah. And right now it's not a reality. It's just a maybe. Yeah. And so these are two different people coming from two different places and not communicating well about it, So I guess. what ends up happening is Carrie gets drunk. She calls him. She says all the things that you don't say when you're sober. She, she feels really doesn't have it. And, and says the F word. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Which Carrie does. doesn't quite often say, but she says it and twice in this episode. And the next day she goes, I lost my shit. Yeah. And I'm She's like, oh, wow. A lot. Yeah, yeah. And she just... That 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 was a, like no Carrie no what are you doing mm-hmm. I mean for all of us I'm sure but like I was like oh my god it's five thirty in the morning like stop it you yes know, like uh, just just calm yeah down. she's Carrie's yeah just I know we kind of bled right into this but Carrie has this is after Carrie's conversation with Stanford about big tool for you blah 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 and then she's Dick drunk Dick. on Cosmos at home decides to call Big while he's in Paris. For her, it's late in the evening. For him, it's 5.30 in the morning. He has an important meeting at 9. And she calls him like... After Rick 9 Plus went home, I decided I was just drunk enough to call Big. Hello? Hey, it's me. What are you doing? I'm in bed. I think it's called sleeping. Oh, so you're funny in France. It's 5.30 in the morning. What is it? I would like to know how you could even think of going to Paris and not even think about discussing it with me. Huh? I think about you all the time. What's he doing? What's he thinking? But you know. When were you planning to tell me? Are you still there? Yes. Okay, well, because I think about you all the time. No, no. Correction, correction. I think about us all the time. Can we get into this another time? I was sleeping. Oh, look, look, look. It's never a good time for you. You're always sleeping or you're ready or you're going, going, going. You're always going. You're fucking taxi. And then you're on a plane to France for maybe a year. Well, you're a freaking old man. You should be thinking about somebody else. This is not fake us. This is real. Even if you don't know it, it is. I am a woman. A woman. Have another cocktail, woman. No, no, no. This isn't about cocktails. This is about basic human decency. This is about taking responsibility. It's about being a grown-up. It's about being a man. I am a man. I'm a tired man. It's 5.30 in the morning here. Well, you know what? You better get used to it because if you move there, this is how our relationship is going to be. You're going to be sleeping when I'm eating, and I'm going to be sleeping when... Shit. Hey, are you still there? I'm going to bed. I have an important meeting at nine. Yeah, fine, hang up. But don't call me when I'm sleeping because I have a job here too, you know. Even through my cosmopolitan haze, I knew I had gone too far. I am a woman. And just kind of goes off. Yeah, yep. she goes, and it's just, it's cringeworthy, but it's supposed to be. Yes. You know, it's supposed to be embarrassing. And to her credit, she realizes, as she's talking to the girls later, she's like, I lost my shit. Yeah. And what's the big deal? Why is it so bad? I, ha- I might have to go visit him in Paris. Like, what's so bad so then about she, that? Then her mood swings start giving us whiplash because she, all of a sudden, <laughs> she does a 180 or 360 or whatever the expression is. And, yes. You know, she's one minute, you know, telling him, like, 
yelling at him on the phone about going to Paris. And then she puts on a beret mm-hmm. and she loves Paris. <laughs> and she kind of shows up and giggly about Paris. Like, that so what? does Paris make her Paris. look psychotic. Le yeah. filet de fish. You know, she, and she show, yeah, she shows up with McDonald's. And by the way, I want McDonald's so bad after watching her. I'm so episode. hungry now. Like having like a dumb, wimpy Big Mac and like a large yes. fries. Just like yes. Coke. To all be yes. patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Yes. Give it to me mm, now. Two sizzling beef patties. Bad as pure beef. Mmm. <laughs> mm, su- beef sushi. Cow on sushi. Buns baked locally every day. Mm. So she's really trying. She's like, look, uh, lay Big Mac. I can come visit you and spend time. I Wearing can write lay sex in right. the city. Lay sex yeah. in the city. And Big says, that's Ooh, big. great. Don't say it, Big. Um, Don't say it. If you're going for you. Oh I don't want you to be going for me. He didn't have to say that. I want to make sure you're going for you. And she says, why would I go to Paris if it wasn't for you? Yeah. And he doesn't really have an answer to that And question. I feel like this is where Big ultimately... Like, I know Carrie's acting kind of crazy, but he kind of fucks up here because he he didn't have to say that. It's like he went... Listen, real tea here, Alec and I, you all know, listeners, that Alec and I are in a relationship. If you didn't already know, now you know. All right, now you know. All right, now you know. Don't forget it, don't fall apart Part of the, the seams. seams. It's, it's called getting slow. Let go your illusions and don't confuse it with dreams if they're going slow. Don't regret it and don't let's go to extremes. It's called what's your choice? It's called count to ten. It's called burn your bridges. Start again. You should learn to now and then you'll never grow. That song is actually really applicable to this episode. Yeah. Anyway, real tea. There have been times when Al- Alec has helped me grow a lot, as relationships can if they're healthy and great. And Alec has had to say to me before, Kat, you don't have to say everything you're thinking. Which was a revelation for me. Because it the id part of all of us wants to say, like, I feel this thing right now, man. And you yeah. want the other person to know what you feel. I'm a woman. Yeah. I'm a woman, which is what Carrie's doing in that scene. And it's natural to feel that way, but it's not always productive or useful. And you might feel like saying it, but it doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like Rue said in the last episode that of What's the Tea that I listened to, which was, do I want to? She was talking. Rue was talking about getting upset in traffic and he says I realized do I want to be right or do I want to be happy mm. and that's what I think uh-huh oh big, wow that ooh. is good it's, it's a revelation that is it's a revelation good. that and is good I, I need know. to start listening to that podcast again God have... bless you RuPaul listen I, I sometimes I don't that click to listen key. because I'm like oh it's kind of involved and like it's a bit no it's lighthearted and it will change your life and it will improve you your life your every life. day if you guys aren't listening to What's the Tea. That is, okay. But That's but good. my point is, Big says, you know, I want to make sure you're going to Paris for you, not for me. And he didn't have to say that. No. But he says it. Yes. And that throws Carrie over the edge because what Big is doing is saying, essentially, Big Mac I, don't, I, don't wanna, I don't want the pressure of having you make a decision based upon me and our relationship. And that's all Carrie wants is mutual decisions. And they're just not on the same page. Mm-hmm. And yes, Matthew, she throws Le Big Mac and Le Filet of Fish. Special sauce all over the All TV. over the cell, yeah. And Big says, would you just calm down? And it's she's sick of calming down. Yeah. Yeah. And she storms out, 
Later that night... Stomps down the street. She can't sleep. Who's at her door? But Big. Yeah. They make I thought that love. was sweet. I thought that was interesting because we, we don't establish if, if someone called one another or he just showed up or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah. I think he... I like to think he just showed up. So he just I, I shows do too. up. Because yeah, they're yeah. just drawn together. And he comes in and they make love. And... Because they didn't they really have anything else to say to each other. Right. And... In the morning, Alec? In the morning, Carrie's not in the bed with Big anymore. She's staring longingly at the window. And she knows that it's over. And she tells him, go to Paris. I'm not coming. And he says, come back to bed. But she knows that she can't. And she can't. Now, the voiceover says, did I really love Big or was I addicted to the pain? And I know how I feel about that. What do you guys think? I think she loved Big. I thought that was just some dumb line they put in there to keep... not some dumb line, but some line they put in there to keep no, it I on agree. trend with it's the It's a dumb episode. line to put, yeah. I mean, with a theme. Thematically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She no, really I mean, loves me deeply. Loves him, but, I mean, we, we all, you know, we're the protagonists of our own stories, so we've got to protect ourselves, too. Yeah. Sometimes you say things like, I don't know if I ever loved that person, because yeah. it makes it easier to swallow. Yeah. It makes it easier to I was to really frustrated with. at the end of this episode, because to me, just like their last quote, breakup, end quote, I, I was like, why are they breaking up? Why is this happening again? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. And I've been, I've been told recently that I'm, and I agree, agree and, and I volunteer this information as well, that I, I'm a person who thinks with my heart and not with my head at all. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all heart, 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 you really you know, fairy tale romance. I don't, I don't use my brain at all. And that comes to relationships. That comes to like, you know, everything, my business life or whatever. For it's one like of my favorite stuff things that about I do. you. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm not rational. I don't think of stuff like that. So part of me is like, okay, so he's going to Paris for a while. You know, like, you guys can make it work. Make it work somehow. You guys love each other. And I'm, it was frustrating me. This is – maybe I'm sounding crazier than Carrie right now because I care about Carrie and Big so much mm-hmm. that it hurts me to see them both upset. And I'm like, you guys yeah. both love each other, obviously. Carrie definitely loves Big. And he loves her too. That's If you important. watch the show, actions speak louder than words, and you can see that he loves her. Mm-hmm. And it frustrates me because I want them to be together so badly, but she just decides for whatever reason that – and I guess that's her having the head part that I don't naturally have, so maybe that's why I can't connect she to She is very cerebral. You know? But and she also she also loses her heart. I don't know. So it's frustrating for me at the end, because I'm like, why wh- why are you breaking up again? Oh, come on. Because, like, you know, the look that she... Get, and you guys, if you watch this episode, again, I want something to really notice is this look that I can't even describe that SJP gives Big, or that Carrie gives Big from the window, and she gives him this face, and I, I don't even know how to... I, it's just so, it's the most beautiful, heartbreaking kind of thought-provoking I, face. And, yes. he, and he gives her this charming look from down the street. And I'm like, you guys. And the music. We, like, just be, like, why can't you just be together? So I was right. frustrated. No, I agree. And it's, it, I think, you know, many of us the have reached that point where in a relationship where things get very complicated. And rather than, it just seems simpler to cut ties and, and just cut your losses and, and go than it does to really work through all the stuff that you've been through and yeah. it's just too complicated. And I do think sometimes that's probably true. And I do think sometimes the timing's just off. And this, the, I just want to say one more thing about the whole like, pain, or re- like relationships and pain where we, and they address this theme in Buffy as well, where Buffy wonders if you can have a relationship without pain because with her for with her and angel and she's so in love with angel yes and her her relationship with angel is so tied up in pain and and 
and of course pleasure and love, but but pain. Yeah. But with Riley, it's it's for the most part easy, and you know they're in love, and yeah. it's not about pain. And she's like, "Can you have a relationship that's not fraught with all of that?" Yeah. Um, Alec, what do you think? Give us your thoughts about that. Vanilla Sky says it best: "You can't have the sweet without the sour." You well, think so? That's do you think good. the pain has to dominate like it does no, for Buffy and like it does for Carrie? I think when I was right now, I was I was thinking about that with myself at the end of the episode, and I was thinking about how the opposite of love is not hate; it's apathy. Ooh. So it's like love and hate are kind of close to each other because they're so passionate. Yes. And sometimes I'm, when I really, really like somebody, I know I really, really like them when I kind of can't stand them at the same time, mm-hmm. or I I can feel the potential. To not be able to stand them because I yeah. care about them so much kind yeah. of thing. And when, you know, like, when when you're single, if you guys can remember, and it's like, you know, you get that, that late night text every now and then from someone. It's like the one that upsets you the most is the one that's going to keep you up and not, not, mm. the, not the boring sweet one. Yes, that's right. You know, it's so true. It's frustrating, but it's true. And and Carrie says she attaches herself to a man who's un- the, the 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 exquisite pain of loving someone or something who's unattainable. Yeah, and that's the point. Is she's drawn to this person who is aloof and independent because she wants because to have him be brought to his proverbial knees by her means like then it then it really means something because yeah. he's so hard to get i guess yeah. uh, not to diminish their true love because i really believe they truly love too. each other can i say something about this podcast which is you know i think the reason that i love it and i that's probably inappropriate to say, seeing as we're the ones doing the podcast, hmm. but I'm going to go ahead and say it, is that I think that if all of humanity was destroyed and the only thing that survived was this podcast, <laughs> anybody listening would still understand the human condition because it really covers the gamut. And that says more about Sex in the City in some ways I think it does than the podcast itself, but... You can glean so much from the characters and the journeys that they're on, what Big and Carrie are going through. It inspires us to have these talks and these conversations and to really dig into what it means to care about somebody. Like, I think what you said is really important, which is relationships are about passion. And I think for a lot of people, this is going to be a gross generalization, but, you know, if you... If you grow up in a town and you stay in the town and you're with the people that you were friends with when you're 12 and like suddenly you're in your 40s or 50s and you're still friends with that person and you one day you go and I hear this all the time it's like why am I still friends with that person I don't even know why and it has become apathy yeah but relationships are about pa- passion and hate and patient. love and patient. All, patient and all of these things like that I think you just really hit on something when you said you had that revelation because I think that it is true yeah I don't know how we're gonna deal because this episode was such an for me I think a really important episode. Yeah. And as the really important episodes kind of like come closer and closer and and we wear into the later seasons where things get really complicated, I don't know how I'm going to do these these podcasts without crying through every episode <laughs> and I probably will cuz I care so much about these characters I and, know. and ultimately I know I know like I'm I don't know why this has turned into a state of the union but Alex started it. But like you know, we we started Carry On cuz we love this show but 
the reason we love the show is because it shines such a great mirror. It, it shows us ourselves and what we love about being in love and loving our friends and, what and we just love about living Cynthia Nixon. And, yes. and really ultimately what yeah. we yeah. love about Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> That's really the story. Um, Matthew, thank you so much. All right, it's my favorite thing. Are you kidding? Yeah. So what a fun episode. La What's next? Do you know? Do you remember? No, I didn't head? look. Well, we're getting near to the end. We of are. We've two. got, I think, five or six episodes left before the no end. No more season talking two. to the camera, which is fantastic. <gasps> oh lovely. yes, it's really, really, oh, lovely. What really a nice. Relief. We got those fully fleshed out characters at this point. Got a yeah. lot of different hairstyles from Carrie, which is fun. Yep, and it only gets better from here. It does. We're we are, uh, yeah. So you said it, Kat. Uh huh. Until next time. Carry on. Carry on.